please turn to Psalm 60. Psalm 60. Let us be comforted, edified, and instructed by this psalm this morning. Amen. O God, thou hast cast us off, thou hast scattered us. Thou hast been displeased. Who turn thyself to us again. Amen. Thou hast made the earth to tremble. Thou hast broken it. Heal the breaches thereof, for it shaketh. Amen. Thou hast showed thy people hard things. Thou hast made us to drink the wine of astonishment. Thou hast given a banner to them that fear thee, yes. that it may be displayed because of the truth. Selah, that thy beloved may be delivered, save with thy right hand, and hear me. God hath spoken in his holiness. I will rejoice. I will divide Shechem and meet out the valley of Succoth. Gilead is mine, and Manasseh is mine. Ephraim also is the strength of mine head. Judah is my lawgiver. Moab is my washpot. Over Edom will I cast out my shoe. Philistia, triumph thou because of me. Who will bring me into the strong city? Who will lead me into Edom? Wilt not thou, O God, which hadst cast us off? And thou, O God, which didst not go out with our armies? Give us help from trouble, for vain is the help of man. Through God we shall do valiantly. Amen. For he it is that shall tread down our enemies. Amen. The theme of Psalm 60 is this. How do you handle setbacks? How do you handle surprise negative events that interrupt your anticipated and expected progress? What do you do when something you thought would be easy and simple turns out to be very different than expected? Are you experiencing a negative event in your life right now? If you are not at this time, you will at some point. How should you respond? How should I respond? Let's see what David did when confronted with a negative event. In his life. <clears throat> Excuse me. Here is the situation. David sent Israel's enemies, armies, to invade Edom. Edom was a perpetual enemy of Israel. David expected victory, but instead experienced a military setback of some sort. David describes the outcome as God not going out with our armies, casting us off, scattering us, being displeased with us, turning away from us, making the earth tremble and break, showing thy people hard things, and making them drink the wine of astonishment. There is no doubt this was an unexpected negative event in David's personal life and Israel's national life. Because this was a military setback, there were people dying in this event. There was confusion, the wine of astonishment, and people were looking to him for answers. So how did David respond? 
he recognized and verbalized three basic truths that he used to encourage himself and his nation and to plead with God. Number one, he understood that he and his nation were loved by God. Number two, he noted that there is an enormous difference in how God deals with the righteous and with the wicked. And three, based on the first two premises, he knew and believed that God would completely deliver him from his current distressful situation and that his future would be much better. David's response was not the response of a natural man. David's response required faith. Let's look at these three points in a little more detail. Number one, David knew that he and his nation were loved by God, and he beseeches the Lord on this basis. Look at verse 5. That thy beloved may be delivered, save with thy right hand, and hear me. David claims God's love for him personally and begs God to deliver him on that basis. Do you love God? Does God love you? Our pastor has labored recently to help us be assured and confident of God's love for us. Number two, after establishing God's love and favor toward him, David spends most of the psalm emphasizing that there is no fine line between God's treatment of the righteous and wicked. Look at verse four. This may be my favorite verse of the psalm. Thou hast given a banner to them that fear thee, that it may be displayed because of the truth. Selah. David is saying that God's favor toward him in Israel is just as plain, obvious, and apparent as if he were carrying a giant banner announcing that fact to everyone. David's banner did not say, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Think about the context. David's banner said, God loves me and has a wonderful plan for my life and for Israel's life. Think about who was on the opposite side of the battlefield, Edomites. The the difference God made in these two nations was so obvious that God, through the prophet Malachi, identified and emphasized it in chapter 1 of his book in order to demonstrate the effects of God's love towards one people and hatred towards another. David goes on to emphasize again the great gulf between the righteous and the wicked. In verse 6, God hath spoken in his holiness, I will rejoice, I will divide Shechem, and beat out the valley of Succoth. Gilead is mine, and Manasseh is mine. Ephraim also is the strength of my head. Judah is my lawgiver, and there's the big dividing line. And on the other side, Moab is my washpot. Over Edom will I cast out my shoe. Philistia, triumph thou because of me. Look at this enormous difference. God says, Gilead, Manasseh, Ephraim, and Judah are mine. Moab and Edom are places where we dump trash. Philistia, we will triumph over you too. Number three, based on the two foregoing premises that God loves David and treats the righteous very differently from the wicked, David then boldly asserts his faith and belief that God will deliver him from his current troubles. Who will bring me into the strong city? Who will lead me into Edom? Wilt not thou, O God, which hadst cast us off, and thou, O God, which didst not go out with our armies? Give us help from trouble, for vain is the help of man. Through God we shall do valiantly, for he it is that shall tread down our enemies. 
David knew God would lead him into the strong city in Edom. He knew the best of men were vain helpers. When David asked who would bring him into the strong city, wouldn't it have been natural to think of Joab? After all, he was captain of Israel's armies, was one of David's mighty men, and had defeated walled cities in the past, like Jebus. But David didn't even mention Joab or any of his 30-something mighty men. He also did not do things like kings after him and seek to make alliances with other nations. He discounted all their abilities and all their efforts and asked God to help him from trouble. He expressed great confidence that God would tread down their enemies and that his future would be much more prosperous than his current circumstances. So far we have learned about David's trouble and distress in dealing with Edom. We have read of David's prayers and his confidence in this psalm. But what happened after the psalm was written? How did David's conflict with Edom turn out? The the results are very different than what might have been expected that day. 1 Chronicles 18.12 Moreover, Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, slew of the Edomites in the Valley of Salt, 18,000. And he put garrisons in Edom. And all the Edomites became David's servants. Thus the Lord preserved David whithersoever he went. So thorough was Israel's victory that Edom did not even have a king, but remained under Israel's control until the reign of Joram. David's prayers were heard and answered. David's faith and confidence in God were proven to be real. David's future was dramatically better than the circumstances described in this psalm. In fact, in the overall context of David's life, this setback was so minor that it is not even mentioned anywhere else in the Bible except this psalm. Have you had a trial? Have you experienced a setback? Has your anticipated progress been interrupted? Do you feel like you have drunk the wine of astonishment? David shows us by example in Psalm 60 how we can have a right response to those events and gives us much hope for greatly improved circumstances in the future. Amen. 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 The mercy of God.